0: Hello, beautiful people. I'm Sarah Jessica and this is Hot Shots, my podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. And if you haven't listened before, this is my podcast where I interview musicians, artists, and Canadian entertainment industry professionals about what it's like to work within the industry. All the good, the bad, the ugly, the dirty, all of it. So uh tonight I'm just gonna jump right into it, I guess. And uh tonight I'm talking to Kirk Alfaro. He's a Hamilton-based arts and sports blogger, podcaster, DJ, and paralegal. You can find Kirk on Instagram under The Hoopla Show and his website under thehooplashow.com. And uh, Kirk, are there other pro- uh, platforms that you'd want to plug?
1: Yeah. Um, so I'm here to talk about legal issues. So I am a paralegal, uh, just like you mentioned, um, a licensed paralegal. So if you want to reach me, you can reach me at Kirk at azlegalservices.ca or 289-339-5637.
0: Amazing. Perfect. All right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I guess just to kind of like jump into it, um, you, did you grow up in Hamilton?
1: I did. I grew up on the East mountain, cool. Hamilton East mountain. So the escarpment, uh, was my, uh, home away from home, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. Uh, I spent a lot of hours uh, there and mm-hmm. uh, that was pretty much my upbringing. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> just <laughs> doing the trails and, you know, just adventures, uh, you know, uh, on, the, on the escarpment. I loved it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And what kind of music uh, did you grow up around? Did your parents play? Uh, did you get into as a child? Uh, what did you grow up around?
1: Well, with my parents, yeah, they were obviously like a lot of kids, um, your first influence when it comes to music. Mm-hmm. So my parents were into the Beatles, um, you know, Nat King Cole, um, a lot of Spanish music, a lot of Latin music, salsa music, mm-hmm. merengue, mm-hmm. um, all that, uh, but by the time I got to high school, then I'm, you know a big influence was rock music. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, I discovered Led Zeppelin. I discovered um, you know sixties and seventies rock, and then by the time I was in what grade ten or eleven, I believe it was then the grunge. You know, Nirvana. Yeah. It was uh, Pearl Jam. Yeah. And, oh, you know that whole Seattle, Seattle um, grunge scene. Mm-hmm um and then when i got to college it was hip-hop yeah <laughs> that's uh, yeah so uh yeah you know i i do the whole thing pretty much yeah. i was influenced by you know just um you know pop music and um rock music folk music mm-hmm. hip-hop mm-hmm. <laughs> everything you you name it
0: <laughs> yeah everyone and what yeah. what kind of hip-hop artists um got you into the genre
1: got okay well um So it was House of Pain, I believe, was the first ones to kind of really get me. Okay. Right then. And then Cypress Hill. Hmm. And then Tupac Shakur. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. And then Biggie Smalls and Torius B.I.G. And, you know, it was the whole DMX. Oh my God, DMX. It was so, it was a whole. Um, nineties golden age of well, late mid to late nineties, uh, golden age of hip hop, which just blew my mind. Really, Eminem, you know, and and artists like that, hip hop artists are like that. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. And what was the first musician that you really felt a passion for? What was the first one that really spoke to you?
1: I would have to say Led Zeppelin. Yeah to be perfect yeah f- for sure it was just it was another world when i was introduced it, it my friend had a a a, a car he, he had a tape deck alpine and when he stuck that 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 cassette tape in zozo um it was ju- it just blew my mind mm-hmm. it was just like yeah it was just it, that was just i remember just the next day i went and bought that tape mm-hmm. and i played it over and over and just drove my parents crazy um, with that yeah, my dad was like oh that's devil music that's you know <laughs> mm-hmm. all that stuff yeah he didn't like that stuff but um i loved it i absolutely loved it but yeah led zeppelin i would say is the first musical act um in my life to actually just grab me and just pull me in so to speak
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how long have you been passionate about sports and uh do you remember when that started
1: Yeah, well, I've always been passionate about sport as far as I can remember Mm -hmm. anyway. So at the building that we lived in on Fennel, um, in Hamilton, uh, had a swimming pool in the backyard. Mm -hmm. And I remember just, just during the summer, just spending almost every single day play, just being, just being involved, just being in the water, just playing sports, uh, or just playing, you know, just playing games with all the kids Mm -hmm. in the apartment building. Um, from then, from there, I went into like, so we're talking about, geez, like eight, nine. And f- after that, it was soccer, so- indoor soccer, at least, uh, you know, that took a lot of my time. Um, I was very passionate about that. And looking back, I sh- I probably should have stuck to that. But after that, it was basketball. Basketball was my number one thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, yeah, I I I played uh, high school basketball for St. Jean de Bourbeuf High School. Then I moved on to Mohawk College, uh, became an all-star there at Mohawk College and was recruited to Guelph University. Oh, cool. Yeah, when they were the number seventh ranked team in the country.
0: Oh, wow. Oh. Well, congrats. That's yeah, cool.
1: Yeah, it was it was exciting. Yeah. But, you know, I had a couple cup of coffee there at Quality mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a little bit too much partying at that time mm. but um yeah no i mean sports has always always had a um a big influence on me for sure
0: yeah yeah um when did the idea for the hoopla show begin
1: so once basketball and this was the i guess the time of um the era at that time in Canada, so we're looking at the late nineties. Mm-hmm. Once you were done post secondary basketball, if you weren't going to be playing overseas, there's absolutely nowhere to play. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I had a couple offers to go over to Spain. My, my mom is from Spain. Uh, my dad's from Peru. Um, so I was, uh, uh, you know, I was uh, given that opportunity to become a citizen. Over there in, in Spain and go and play in there, but I had a girlfriend here. And, um, so I ended up not going. Mm-hmm. Um, but here in Canada, there's absolutely nothing. And that's why I envy a lot of the players. Um, a lot of the basketball players that are coming up in this day and age now, because they have so many outlets to play basketball. Now you have the Siebel, the Canadian League uh, basketball league that you can, you know, they're very, They're very much, um, associated with the Canadian basketball, uh, Canadian basketball college scene and the university scene. Mm -hmm. So a lot of players are just, you know, being drafted into that league.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, you had the, um, the Canadian national basketball league, um, which is kind of more East coast, um, thing. But the point is that there's a lot of outlets now, um, here in Canada. Especially Ontario, where you know, just if you're not going to be playing overseas, because a lot, a lot of my friends had opportunities to play overseas, but they didn't want to, just because you're going to be in a foreign country, away from your family and your friends. A lot of people weren't ready to take that step. But now here in Canada, it's you. I mean, yeah, if you're good, you're, you're you you know your your career can go um you know up to the age of thirty and plus. Mm-hmm. You know here now. So, very different time unfortunately, back in my day, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, could you describe the hoopla show, the blog, and then also your podcast for anyone who is unaware?
1: yeah, so the hoopla do- uh, show dot com is a website that covers the canadian uh, music scene mm-hmm. um, and it covers Canadian athletes, whether it's a sports team or. Or the athletes themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tried to kind of mesh both together. Um, so, well, that it, well, that was the plan. Mm-hmm. That is the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, uh, you know, I'm just basically trying to do what I can, trying to, um, find time, um, because that is a very big passion of mine. I, I really want to see that through because, I felt the first time it went around, I really didn't give it my all. Um, it was just, uh, yeah. So I'm just kind of looking, uh, forward to it. I just have to get this, uh, paralegal business off the ground. And then I am going to start looking to focus more on the hoopla show.com, which I think has a lot of potential. And, um, being a passion of mine, you know, I would love to be working on that 100%. Totally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um how how long have you been running the hoopla show and how has that journey began and how is it like uh how has it evolved
1: well the hoop okay so there's two phases it, there's the hoopla.com which was h um l a hyphen la.com mm-hmm. which i started back in 2000 mm-hmm. so back then it was just a site well from 2000 to 2003 it was just a site that just focused strictly strictly on basketball it was just a it was a play off the name the hoop mm-hmm. but law so it was like the hype you know it was just right uh, that kind of name so that's when it started but i quickly saw that um well, actually trying to go out and and trying to solicit advertisements and stuff like that uh, you know, uh, trying to convince local businesses to kind of transfer their, their marketing budgets from the yellow pages to this thing called the internet was like pulling teeth back then. So my idea was to, okay, back at, starting in 2003 was okay. Well, you know what, maybe I can start promoting uh, music. So I started promoting music and local artists on, and I actually had an artist, Deprave, that was really promoting on that. Um, So it was a website that started off as as being a site that strictly focused on basketball, but because of um, restraints in terms of people or trying to get businesses to, um, advertise on my site or lack of, um, I, I kind of switched the focus to start, uh, promoting local shows on the website. And, um, so that kind of turned out uh, pretty good. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, real life things start happening. I had my, my, my daughter Mm -hmm. in 2006. And, um, so when you're not really making that much money off of things um you're having a hard time um getting people to 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 move their budgets from the yellow pages over to to your website um things couldn't stay the way they were Mm -hmm. i couldn't really yeah work on the website as much so you know i just the website kind of dwindled uh you know i i to stop going to games. Basically, a lot of my time, um, uh, went to my daughter and working. Um, but I always, I always in the back of my mind, I was always like, if I ever get this chance again, if I ever get this chance again, I will do it like, and I will give it, you know, 1000%. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: just because I think, um, the atmosphere is, is, is right now whereas before it was kind of like it was question mark people really didn't know what the internet was and if you could believe it back then people thought it was a fad yeah people thought the internet was going to go away somehow yeah like it was just and uh it's funny because now you how prominent the internet is in all our lives from when we switch on the tv to to everything basically Mm -hmm. almost Mm -hmm. um you kind of want to go back to those people and go what were you? What were you thinking? Mm-hmm. You know, what were you thinking? Because mm-hmm. if they wanted hyper local, there was no, like, yes, Facebook and Google get hyper hyper local, but I like the hoopla.com was super hyper local. Yeah, like I was doing stories on St. Thomas More versus Cathedral Cathedral Parkside versus soulfleet You know, I was covering those 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 games, and I had highlights, and I had. Um, you know, D praise music on the back. Like it was it's such a hyper local uh, thing that, you know, I would hope that they're hitting their heads on the walls. now.
0: <laughs> I think they are. I think they probably are. I hope so. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, you're, you're the one who uh, you're the one who's in, in the right here. You're the one who won. So that's the important thing.
1: I hope so. I like to think so anyway. <laughs> for
2: sure. Uh, <laughs> there
1: was a lot cool. of firsts. Like, there was a lot of firsts on uh, that, that, that website yeah. brought about. Like, I was the first one to uh, hand out an Ontario High School Basketball Player of the Year award. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. So, there was a lot of, th- lot of firsts with that website. Totally.
0: Totally. Uh, and what do you hope for the future of the blog?
1: Well, I hope to continue or just finish the mission that I started, really. Mm-hmm. That's what's really in the back of my mind. Like, I know that something like that can work. I know that there's something out there. Even like 20, 15 years later, there's nothing out there like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, I don't think there's a website out there that covers local sports and can cross-promote that with local independent music. Yeah. I don't think. I don't know. You might know something, Sarah. I, I don't. I,
0: <laughs> um, No, I think you've got that market cornered. I think that is something special. You know, sports meets music. I, I don't really. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything else local that does that. I think it's just
2: you. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I mean, like, because if you think about it, the athletes would love to see themselves in highlights. Oh yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then when you when you put the spin on like it's independent music, that's you, you know while you're watching the music while you're watching the highlights, mm-hmm. I think that's like oh my god, that's like gold. Oh yeah,
0: a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I think you've got something special there, and I'm looking forward to it growing.
1: Yeah, and I hope you can be part of it, that's for sure.
0: Totally, for sure, I'd love to be, yeah. And, yeah. Um, you went to school to study law, uh, to become a paralegal. Um, yep. Where did you go and, and how was that, uh, how was that your time there?
1: Um. So I did the fast track. So I went to try, so I got laid off from a job at uh, Addy and Seating canada Mm -hmm. which used to be johnson controls so when you get laid off and you've been working at a place for that long so the government will send you back to school Mm -hmm. free of charge on their dime Mm -hmm. not on their dime on the taxpayers dime. yeah um but um. so yeah they sent me back to uh i had the option to go to mohawk college but i was like well do i really want to do two years um no i don't want to do two years hanging around 20 year old you know twenty year olds mm-hmm. no I'm not going to do that, so my other option was to go to Trios college mm-hmm. and they do it in one year, mm-hmm. so it's a pretty intense course um but I went through that, and um i have to admit i i don't know um you know back in the day when i went to went to school, the only reason why. Um, I graduated. And it's kind of embarrassing saying this, but the only reason why I even got by school was because of basketball. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't play, if you don't pass your courses, doesn't matter if you're in high school or college, you can't play basketball. Right. So I was like a seventy percent kind of guy. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> On <Yeah>. the whole, <laughs> it's the not whole for t-
0: everybody. Like,
1: yeah, but when I went back to school at Trios. Mm-hmm. I was like a sponge Amazing. it's kind of like why was i not like this huh. back <laughs> back then yeah but, you know yeah so i i, I graduate with distinction mm-hmm. and uh after that i um i took the exam which was a seven hour exam yikes yeah and i passed that thankfully Amazing. um and uh, I am now a licensed paralegal. So the schooling wasn't that bad. I was like, yeah, I was just kind of like shrugging my shoulders all the time. Like, Kirk, was this really that bad back when you were like 20? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, because back then it was just like, it, like schoolwork was like, it was uh getting in the way yeah. almost, so to speak <laughs> yeah do you <laughs> yeah. think
0: that has to do with like age and like growing up or do you think that's to do with, oh absolutely
1: like, oh, yeah? well I mean, for me yeah. for me i yeah. guess yeah. it for me I, I know other people that have played basketball played sports and are like honor students mm-hmm. when they were in their 20s mm-hmm. but for me it was just like i don't for whatever reason
2: yeah
1: um school was just not it, it just not something important
2: mhm well, I'm, wondering, and, um, I'm
0: wondering if like a teaching style played into that too. You know what I mean?
1: Maybe. 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 Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. That, that could be it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah. So the schooling was pretty easy this time around. I have to admit. Um, and not because the course was, was easy or anything like that. It was just like, I just, like I mentioned, I was just like a sponge and I just took everything in and it was more like Kirk, you're on the mission, get this done, get it over (laughs) with. You got a year, do it, Sure. get license, get it over with, let's go. It's like, kind of like, you know, just like a a work thing. Yeah. And, um, I I took that approach and, uh, yeah, it, it worked out like it. Like I said i I graduated with distinction, and the exam was was pretty okay, and mm-hmm. I passed it so all good
0: well, amazing, glad to hear yeah, yeah um and so I guess we're going to jump into uh some uh, celebrity cases um involving yep. mainly uh, copyright law, so. We're gonna jump into that right now. Um, so, I guess like the first first things first. Um, what is like copyright law, and like how would you describe it to somebody who has no idea what that is?
1: Okay, well, in its simplest terms, and um, we'll be talking uh, strictly talking about musical content. So, copyright means the right to copy. So, the content creator, whoever created that original piece of work, has a right to sell it lease it and that's actually something a lot i see in in hip-hop in the hip-hop scene where um an artist or a rapper will purchase a lease from a beat maker and in the contract it stipulates you know how many up to how many numbers or or how many streams or how many buys the rapper's song can register before the rapper has to purchase that beat exclusively Mm -hmm. Or take, or take it down. So generally speaking, copyright means the sole right to produce or reproduce a work or at least a good amount of it in any form, which um, includes the right to perform the work or again, a good amount of it. Mm-hmm. So a copyright is enforceable for the lifetime of the content creator plus 50 years. Mm-hmm. So after that time, Um, the content is no longer protected under copyright. It's then deemed to be in the public domain. Right. So copyright infringement. So that's what obviously we're going to be talking a lot about today. And that happens when a person uses content protected under copyright without authorization from the content creator. Mm -hmm. And there are two types. So you got your direct and primary infringement and that's when you copy a whole, so- or a, a part of it anyway, um, without the owner's permission. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that fight a lot over the past decade with record labels fighting with social media platforms, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So the second one is, is uh, secondary infringement or indirect infringement. And that's when someone who knows or should have known that the content infringes someone's copyright and then sells or rents out, distributes the content without the owner's consent. And we see this a lot, well, not so much anymore, actually. Definitely not with music because I don't think anyone buys bootleg CDs anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, maybe still in the motion pic- picture industry where DVDs are are still a thing, are they? Are they still a thing?
0: Wow, that's a good question. Um. DVDs I mean I think I think people still own DVDs I know um, Do they? Do they? I, I know some of my family members own DVDs and like I have okay. I have a couple from when I was like 12 and I would buy them you know yeah. Um. but yeah I don't know if people I don't think people buy them anymore I don't think it's a current yes thing. no
1: so that indirect secondary infringement, it's probably going to be a thing of a past, right. really. Right. So, But there are exceptions. Mm-hmm. So you can reproduce copywritten content if and only if it's going to be used for stuff like education and research mm-hmm. and for satire and parody. And we'll be going over a case involving um, a very controversial rap group from back in my day. Anyway, and they actually uh, formed a very landmark case that paved the way for not just them, but other media entities as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So two main things you have to prove. So the first one is on the technical side of the composition. So notes, keys, chord progressions, and even lyrics. And the second is how exposed, how much access did the alleged copywriter uh infringer um have to that musical piece Mm -hmm. and that's being uh that's you know that they're claiming under copyright and we'll be talking about that in just a little bit with the article sound system and Dua Lipa case Mm -hmm. so it all comes down to like what do you do to protect yourself so creating the piece in itself is copyright protection because you're in possession of the original and the only piece in the world of that artwork. Mm-hmm. And you can most likely prove um, it's an original and it's yours by the files on your computer, which, of course, are timestamped by the program or or any app that you use. Um, but you can also get um, copywritten officially by the Government of Canada by sending it to the Canadian Intellectual Property Office. And I believe, don't quote me on this, but I believe it's about 50 bucks. Hmm. And another way, which I think is still uh, used a lot today, is you know putting your original work on USB, putting it, well, at least digitally anyway, putting it in an envelope and mailing it to yourself. Hmm. You know, that. Yeah, it keeps it, uh, you know, you keep it somewhere safe and unopened. And if there's e- ever any copywritten, uh, copyright issues, you know, for or against you, you know, you have that uh, as your backup for sure.
0: True. True. Good idea. Yeah. Um, so I guess just to jump into it, uh, the first case that we're going to talk about is... Um, the copyright infringement case against Dua Lipa versus Article Sound System over Dua's song Levitating. And uh, can you tell us a bit about that one?
1: Yeah, so Article Sound System is claiming Dua Lipa copied their song, Live Your Life, Mm -hmm. for her hit, um, Levitating. Mm -hmm. And in particular, they're claiming that uh, she copied the rhythm of the chorus. So to the untrained ear, If you listen to both songs, they do sound alike. So you might think that Article Sound System has a very good case, but not so much. Um, Music colleges have broken it down somewhat already, and most agree that the rhythmic pattern in the hook is what they call the Charleston. And I don't know if you've ever heard what the Charleston is, but it's, it's, it's simply... The Charleston rhythm is just a dotted quarter note followed by an eighth note and then a rest. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's it's been used, I don't know, I, you know, it's been used a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. A, it's a rhythmic pattern that dates back to like the old jazz and swing days and right. um is now in the public domain. Mm-hmm. Hence why it's copied a lot by musical acts. So some of the famous songs um that have used this pattern is Blame It on the Boogie by the Jackson 5. Mm-hmm. Evil Woman by the Electric Light Orchestra. Mm-hmm. The outro to DNCE's, uh, Cake by the Ocean. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a big one is Outcast Rosa Parks.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So the question, uh, the rhythm in question is, so in Rosa Park, Outcast Rosa Parks, it's, uh-huh, uh-huh, baby, yeah, yeah, that's Rosa Parks. Mm-hmm. So in Dua Lipa, it's, I got you, moonlight, you're my starlight that's what they call the charleston that right. da-na, da-na, da-na. that's something article sound system didn't invent right Right. so lupa lipa has got that as a very big defense when the trial comes up so um the second is how exposed was she to the song so live your life by the uh, article sound system can only be heard from their soundcloud account and absolutely nowhere else hmm. you know i don't i don't know what the streaming numbers are, but if the song actually you know popped off and was and got famous you know you you'd be able to find it on other major streaming platforms like absolutely for sure one hundred percent and you can't but they're claiming that Dua Lipa stayed at a hotel chain now get this that Dua Lipa stayed at a hotel chain that their song is licensed to. And that she must have heard it turn her stay, whether in the elevator or while she was in the lobby. It's ridiculous. That's what they're saying. That yeah. So I'm giving this one to Dua Lipa. Yeah. I think I think this one doesn't even make it to trial. To be perfectly honest with you,
0: I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the next uh, copyright case is um, Taylor Swift versus Three L W over the lyrics of her song "Shake It Off." Uh, yes. Yeah.
1: So in this one, 3LW is claiming Taylor Swift stole their lyrics. Play is gonna play. Mm-hmm. Hate is gonna hate mm-hmm. from the 2001 song Player's Gonna Play. Yeah. So in Swift's super popular song, Shake It Off, she sings, cause the play is gonna play, 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 and the hate is gonna hate, 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 hate. But you gotta shake it off, shake it off. Um, so this was dismissed by a judge back in 2019 and um but i uh, an appeals panel resurrected it in 2021 unbelievably mm-hmm. so the first judge threw it out based on the words being so common and so cliche yeah. in today's language that songwriters couldn't possibly believe they invented those phrases
0: mm-hmm. right? yeah seriously.
1: So he- um, and so since this is a lyrical case, it came down to how exposed was Taylor Swift to 3LW song then. Mm-hmm. Well, she claims she couldn't have heard it when she it was at the height of its popularity because she had strict parents that wouldn't allow her to watch MTV right. or listen to popular radio shows on the radio mm-hmm. um, until she was 13 years of age.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, when the song came out in 2001, Swift was only 10 years old.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: So but in the response um, Sean Hall and Nathan Butler who were the songwriters of 3LW song um, they say that that doesn't matter the song was so popular that somewhere down the line Swift must have heard it
0: (laughs) even if it came out when she was 10 like yeah yeah seems a little seems a bit of a
1: stretch. Yeah, it seems a little bit of a stretch. And <laughs> so it's gonna be interesting because this one is still before the courts. But I yeah. don't know. I'm giving this one to Swift. Yeah. Those phrases are so common. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were used even back in my time during my high school oh, time, yeah. you know? It's oh, yeah. crazy.
0: No, I agree. And it's it's very funny that they thought their song was so impactful. It was embedded in her mind since she was ten years old, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's how powerful that song is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um yeah. Uh, so next up we have um pharrell Williams and Robin Thick versus um uh, Marvin Gay over blurred lines.
1: Yeah. So this one the courts already found in favor of the Marvin Gaye Estates and awarded them about $5 million. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, a lot of people think that it was Marvin Gaye Estates that commenced the lawsuit, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. It was, in fact, Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams, a strategic uh, move by them oh. to, to to start it. Yeah. Huh. Um, they wanted to get confirmation from the courts that they did not want to infringe it. And they, they probably were thinking that was going to be an open-shut case.
2: Yeah.
1: But it ended up backfiring on them. Um, the courts found that they had indeed copied elements of of gays. Got to give it up mm-hmm. for their song "Blurred Lines," mm-hmm. and this one came down to musicologists having to provide testimony, and they sided with the gay estates. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't look at Pharrell Williams the same anymore. Like, mm. like honestly, I, I, I thought this guy was like, wow, man, this when he came out is the hype was all about him, eh? Yeah. oh yeah. But I watched a bit of his disposition before the trial, mm-hmm. and he was totally avoiding answers. That's I so mean, sorry, uh, questions. Yeah. yeah, he was asked, like to his face, he was asked, have you ever heard the song Gotta Give It Up by Marvin Gaye? And he replied, he kept replying that he was confused by the question every <laughs> single time he was asked. Oh, and And further research now that I've done He actually went, the uh, gay estates has actually resurrected the lawsuit or actually brought it to the attention of the courts because Pharrell Williams did a GQ interview after the trial. Uh, I believe it was about a year later. And he said, quote, quote, what we'd always tried to do was reverse engineer the songs that did something to us emotionally and figure out where the mechanism is in there and as i said to you before try to figure out if we can build a building that doesn't look the same but makes you feel the same way i did that in blurred lines and i got myself in trouble i made it feel so much like got to give it up that people were like oh i hear the same thing so these quotes are super important yeah uh to the gay says because now they've, like I said, they've taken issue up with that mm-hmm. because it totally contradicts what Williams testified on the stand. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, he was saying in no way they got to give it up, influence yeah. at all.
0: And he just kind of admitted it right there, you know?
1: He could have. Yeah. And so, and if you're wondering why the gay estates would want to pursue this because, you know, they've already won the decision. They've been awarded $5 million. It's because they weren't awarded money for legal costs, which- Amounted to get this three point five million dollars in lawyer fees. Yikes! So in reality, they were only awarded two point five million. Yikes! Wow. But now, with Pharrell Williams clearly contradicting himself, and in doing that, makes him guilty of perjury on the witness stand. <laughs> wow! This no doubt raises, you know, uh, you know, they can reverse the decision and award the gay states legal costs now. So, wow. We'll see, we'll soon see what happens. It's that's, that's an interesting thing.
0: Yeah. And it's like super messy on like all sides.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. It just
0: seems like it kind of didn't win in anybody's favor at this point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Lawyer fees. Oh, wow, man.
0: Yeah. Yikes. Wow.
1: Crazy, crazy, crazy.
0: Guess we'll see what happens with that one.
1: Yeah. It's going to be interesting.
0: Huh. Um, and the next one we but- have up is um, Led Zeppelin versus Spirit over "Stairway to Heaven."
1: Right. So the group Spirit alleged that Led Zeppelin ripped off their song "Taurus" to create "Stairway to Heaven." Mm-hmm. Um, the lawsuit was brought uh, on impact in 2014 by the estate of Spirit guitarist Randy Wolf, and in 2016, the courts found in favor of Led Zeppelin. But two years later, in 2018, the Ninth Circuit Court found that the original trial had made several errors and ordered a new one. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. So, like I've mentioned before, proving access, exposure—you know—that's long been a key to uh, proving two works are substantially similar. Yeah. Um, But in its its new ruling, uh, or that ruling. Uh, the Ninth Circuit overturned a longstanding precedent in the music world known as the inverse racial rule. So what that rule is, is that it holds that if one party can prove to a high degree of access to a certain work, the less substantial the similarities need to be in order to prove infringement. Hmm. So Taurus actually toured with Led Zeppelin in the 60s, and even during the trial, Jimmy Page actually admitted he had a copy of the Spirit album with the song Taurus on it, but the Ooh. judge wouldn't instruct the jury on the inverse racial rule. He didn't enforce it. Huh. Yeah. Had it been instructed to the jury, the similarities between the two songs wouldn't need to be overwhelming in order to prove infringement simply mm-hmm. because they had so much exposure and access to the song, right? Mm-hmm. Touring with this band. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So, yeah, so, you know, even though the Ninth Circuit, you know, they've used the inverse racial rule in the past a lot, Mm -hmm. other appeal courts have rejected it, but in his decision, Judge Klosner said that because the inverse racial rule, quote, defies logic and creates uncertainty for the courts and the parties, we take this opportunity to abrogate the rule in the Ninth Circuit and overrule are prior cases to the contrary. Hmm. Yeah. So he even mentioned, he even goes on to mention that um, the application of the rule has been inconsistent in the Ninth Circuit and notably mentioned the blurred line case mm-hmm. that we just talked about.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Where it was initially tuted as um, binding precedent mm-hmm. uh, before all mention of it was removed after that so mm. zeppelin won this case but i mean it, it just kind of it feels like the judges were on their side yeah um you you know how i feel about zeppelin i do <laughs>
0: we've we've spoken about that yeah, and
1: yeah where there's smoke there's fire and these yeah. guys are some of the biggest leaves of music i've ever seen oh. and listen i Worship these guys, man! Yeah. Back in high school, I had their posters. I wore their T shirts. I absolutely loved them. Yeah. But that was pre-internet. Once you get on the internet and you start learning about all these things, and they're backed up by case law, oh wow! It's just it's a totally different it's a totally different perspective yeah. when I think about them. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: Don't meet your heroes, I guess. You know
1: yeah 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 exactly that's exactly right Mm -hmm. i you know how many people i've i i've known that uh so for instance there's there's one uh, there's a lady that i work with Mm -hmm. um at uh carmen's banquet center yeah she's a huge shania uh, well she used to be shania twain fan yeah she goes i was huge i usually my eyes were so big i was starstruck and then when i got to meet her found out that she was a bitch
2: oh
0: really
1: she goes the worst thing that could happen and um yeah and i got i to, to a certain extent me too michael jordan to me uh you know growing up was the man yeah. and then but listen but some of the things that he's done some of the stances that he's taken yeah really i just i i oh, yeah god yeah
0: uh, <laughs> we all have those we all have those stories yeah
1: yeah. yeah who's your what do you have any um uh, hmm. what kind of stories do you have?
0: let's see let's see um when i was like early college i was a big um i was big into like like 80s 80s like emo 80s like Britpop pop and stuff i guess what i would say like okay. 80s Britpop, pop right um are you okay. familiar with the smiths
1: the Snips? No, I'm not.
0: The Smiths. So, like the the last. Oh, the Smiths. Smiths. Yeah. Oh my
1: God! Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, you know Morrissey.
1: Morrissey, of course.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I was a big Smiths fan. Um, you know, listened to the Cure and you know all all those you know Brit pop
2: boys
1: Um, okay
0: yeah and so i was into morrissey and then i just basically looked on his wikipedia one day and it's just you know there are paragraphs and like different sections just like dedicated to all of his buffoonery and like all the shit Mm. he said and like he's he's also like basically a white supremacist um is he really oh yeah Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Like he's, he, you know, I'm not too familiar with, you know, English politics, Um, Mm -hmm. but apparently he's worn pins for political parties that like English conservatives call Nazis. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Oh, so he's like mm anti-immigration, all that. Yeah. yeah. He believes that
0: immigration dilutes English culture. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. Oh God! Oh, oh,
0: there yeah. were like his, you got it. You got to look at his Wikipedia someday. There are
1: I will sections. Yeah, no, he was big yeah. in high school. He was huge. Oh yeah! Oh my God! Yeah. I, I personally couldn't get into his music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not into that emo kind of stuff. Sure. but he was huge in high school. A lot of lot of dudes uh, loved The Smiths. Oh and, yeah. yeah! Oh yeah! Big time! Oh yeah! Classic the sad boy stuff. Fems. You know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Totally. Um, uh, and I guess, like, the last thing I wanted to bring up when it comes to, you know, celebrity musicians and, and, and legal issues um, would be we're seeing a, uh, a recent trend within hip-hop of rappers being arrested for the contents of their lyrics. Um, one of the more recent cases involving Young Thug, um, if everybody has heard that. Uh, uh-huh. What's your opinion on, like... Not only the legality of that but also the ethics of using lyrics as evidence in court
1: yeah well I don't think I don't agree with it mm-hmm. at all like 100% mm-hmm. uh, you know it's just it's 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 an art form um, no different from a painting or or anything else that has to do with art you know it's an expression. It doesn't mean that um someone is actually doing what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like a lot of pa- painters depict uh, you know, scenarios where, you know, it's just their their mind wandering. It's their mind, you know, just doing whatever it's that their their feel at the moment and they come up with this you know, you know, something, a painting that, um, you know, most people will not agree with or find it offensive or whatever. When well, then, you know, they're entitled to their own opinion, but you, you, you can't, um, you can't sit there and say, well, he's done that. Like if, if a painter is cut off two heads on a painting and, you know, you know, you can't say that he's paint, he's done that before. Um, just like in, in hip hop. Um, and, uh, I've mentioned this before with Eminem, like Eminem in his album, and he got a lot of things, you know, in his lyrics. He's raping his mother. Mm -hmm. Um, he's killing his baby mama. Mm -hmm. I don't, I think, I think he killed her twice in his one album, the Slim Shady (laughs) album. I think he killed her twice, (laughs) bagged her up, took her to a swamp, threw her in the thing. But did he do that? No, he didn't. Like, Mm -hmm. she's still alive. She's still, she's still good. Yeah. You know, that's just him.
0: Not dead twice.
1: (laughs) That's just him, you know, just, just, you know, you know, giving off steam, you know, just putting, this is what I feel like doing, but in reality I can't do, I'm not going to do, you know, it just feels good to put it out there on record, Mm -hmm. you know, and.
0: And there's a difference between like, you know, sorry to interrupt you, but. No, it's okay. Um, you know, if if you're if you're criticizing those lyrics and being like, you know, is that appropriate to say? Is that not whatever the ethics of that? And then there's like using it in court, you know, and and using it as a legal as a legal defense, right? Like there's there's very big, um, there's a huge difference there, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's absolutely a huge difference. Like it's a very it's a very gray area, of, mm-hmm. a, a hugely gray area, and I just don't think that you can take an art form and, and use it against somebody in an actual crime. I just think that th- there's so much wrong with that, um, you know. And to say that, um, that, you know, definitively, that yes, he said that in his lyrics, so that means that he must have did it mm-hmm. is absolutely cr- – it's crazy talk to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely crazy talk. Mm-hmm. Even when I was rapping – I would say stuff that I, you know, I wouldn't even, I would just, I'd be, you know, letting off steam. I'd just be, you know, doing my thing. I just, you know, and it doesn't mean I did it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. you know? So I think it's wrong. I think yeah. it's opening up, you know, just, you're going down a rabbit hole you probably don't want to get into. And, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, how do you prove it? Like, you know, t- t- I don't know. I just think it's just such uh uh I think it's bad for music. I think it's bad for everything mm-hmm. all around 360. Mm-hmm. It's bad for everyone to 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 if they're going to take that kind of stance, that mm-hmm. kind of position on 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 music. Absolutely mm-hmm. 100%. percent
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: What do you think about
0: Yeah. Um I mean, I think it's a slippery slope, you know, like <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: Um I I and I think it's I think it's reflective of a a recent trend of Demonizing hip hop in, in a sort of like, um, you know, on, on the last episode of my podcast, um, I spoke to, um, a friend of mine about, uh, satanic panic. Um, I don't know uh-huh. if you're familiar with that, what that is.
1: No I'm not. No. Okay. Uh, well I grew up in the 80s so yeah. I don't there was a lot of satanic panic back then.
0: Yeah, I mean yeah, that's that's where that that's where it was really concentrated and I believe it's making a big comeback um but like okay. the treatment of hip hop these days with like you know, associating it with, with crime and being like, "Oh, these lyrics, you know, encourage people to go commit crime and and being a gang yeah. or whatever." It's like it's the same sort of logic, you know. It's blaming art yeah. for for crime, for murder, for whatever, right? And it's it's a slippery slope. And then you see people like like they did in the eighties and nineties, going to like going to real prison for you know mm-hmm. you know supposed satanic panic crimes or whatever now we're seeing this in hip-hop right we're seeing people go to prison for this stuff and it's uh uh, i don't like it
1: (laughs) yeah you (laughs) just and even just if we go away from um hip-hop yeah even in rock look at johnny cash how many times did he kill somebody in his in his records yeah A lot. Mm -hmm. No one ever accused him of, you know, they didn't like him. They didn't like his message, but no one ever said, oh, well, we have to have, we have to hold this guy account. We got to investigate this guy. Mm -hmm. He's talking about, he's singing about killing people. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, it's
1: always targeted. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's always targeted at a specific
0: group, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, To kind of wrap up this episode, I was wondering if you could give some advice to um, some up and coming musicians, uh, like some legal advice. Um, And I guess first, I just wanted to ask you to um, describe to everybody listening exactly what contract law is um, for anybody who's, you know, looking to sign sign with anybody, you know, whether it's like a manager, whether it's like a recording studio, whether it's whatever. Uh, What is contract law? Exactly
1: so contract law is something that doesn't always have to be written down on paper mm-hmm. so you and i can 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 enter into a, a contract just verbally okay so just on the general uh scale so a contract again just generally so there has to be an offer there has to be an acceptance and there has to be consideration what's called consideration so using the example of um, a recording engineer and a rapper. So um, a rapper, you know, goes up to an an engineer and says, hey man, I want to uh, record some music. And uh, the recording engineer says, okay, cool. Um, You know, it's 50 bucks an hour. Mm -hmm. That's the offer. Mm -hmm. The acceptance is, okay, when are you available? Mm -hmm. The recording engineer says, okay, well, I'm available. Uh, you know, so and so this night at this time. So, the consideration is when the recording engineer actually makes actions, a- actually ha- uh, uh, does something, um, in-, in-, in terms of preparing himself for that music artist to come and record. So, even as small as him just going into a scheduling book and saying, booked, mm-hmm. um. Uh, this so-and-so artist is coming on friday night at this time 50 bucks an hour he said he's going to be here four hours that's a contract this has happened a lot um in hip-hop especially in in hamilton i've experienced it a lot uh where rappers kind of just uh or engineers too they kind of just cancel and don't you know what i mean they Mm. they're not around Mm. and then the uh the engineer is sitting there going well well, that's not cool. You know, this guy yeah. just canceled all of me. This guy didn't show. He was no show. And yeah. now I thought I was gonna make a five hundred bucks and and here I am, you know, uh, you know, uh didn't take any plans for my Friday night, was supposed to get five hundred bucks. Now here I am sitting at home, mm-hmm. no five hundred bucks, nothing to do. Yeah. Well, judges take a look at that and say, Well, you know what? Prove to me that there was a contract and you will get that money. Hmm. You will get, you will be reimbursed that money. So again, it, like a lot of it has to do with the factors. Like, are you a legitimate business? Like, um, like I mentioned before, if you're, if you come into, any judge is, is going to rule against you if you made a contract at a house party. Okay. So, and I'm, uh, I'm strictly talking, uh, musically because I know a lot of musicians, you know, the, the, they do the whole party thing and they, they meet people. And, you know, next thing you know, after a couple of beers, um, they're agreeing to come to each other's, you know, studio and, and make music, whatnot. But, um, any 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 judge that uh hears that a contract was made at a party where alcohol was served not gonna enforce it at all so um just be aware of that um but yeah uh contracts can be can be formed um, if there's 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 an offer there's an acceptance and there's moves made uh, to accommodate that artist yes those contracts are enforceable if you can prove through text messages through email through any 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 anything like that that yes there was a contract made
2: mhm
0: mhm right okay okay um and what legal advice would you give to a a brand new musician like just starting to create their own music, so they don't have the numbers, they don't have the followers, they don't have the catalog, they don't have anything. So they're just starting out. Uh, what advice would you give to them?
1: To just be aware and and start getting used to the legal aspect of music. You know, mm-hmm. if you can if you can do it right off the bat, it becomes second nature mm-hmm. when you start to get bigger and you start to gain traction. So my advice would. Be to look, read up, uh, read up on the, uh, you know, not so much, but read up a little bit on contract law, on copyright law. These are things that are going to affect you. Like these are things, legitimately, because all artists start out, you know, wanting to be big, wanting to get big, you know, bigger than what they are right now. So yeah. if that's their, if that's their plan, then they definitely have to plan for when that time happens, right? You you better plan for that. You don't want to be stuck uh, somewhere where things are just catch you off guard. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're being thrown contracts and you don't even know what, you know, how to define just even the simplest terms of that contract.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, that would be my advice to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just read up a little bit on the contract rules, uh, on on copyright infringement rules. And uh just prepare yourself like that and just get to know the business from top to bottom. Like mm-hmm. like Jay-Z said, um what do you say? I'm not a business man, I'm a businessman.
0: <laughs> there we go. And I mean, there we go, guys. Um, you gotta be prepared and um yeah. you know, hit up hit up Kirk with uh, any questions.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you have any any uh questions about uh or concerns about Contracts and uh, contracts being given to you, or you wanting to give out contracts. Um, yeah, get in touch with me. I will help you. I will help you navigate that. Um, uh, uh, that for sure. Absolutely. 100%.
0: Beauty. Uh, and how would that? Uh, legal advice differ for a musician who is gaining traction so somebody who you know is getting some numbers somebody who's getting some streams some followers um, somebody who's maybe looking somebody who's maybe getting you know label offers uh, maybe who's looking for a manager you know that sort of thing Um, how would that advice differ for them
1: i would tell them um, because you would want to focus and I say this with property managers too all the time. Where at the beginning when they're property managers and they have one property, you know, they're just starting out, just like an artist is starting out. That's fine. You can do it all. But once you start to pop off, once you start getting into that range of 5-6 properties, now you 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 have to decide, right? You can't do everything yourself. Okay. So, and I say this to any business person. I was, I was, uh, guilty of doing this being a person that thinks that they can do everything themselves. Mm -hmm. You can't. Mm -hmm. There's not, there's so many hours during the day and you can't do it. So legally, I would seek if you're, you're, you're starting to get, um, uh, contract offers from labels and, and, and stuff like that. I would seek legal advice. I would get that out of your, you know, unless you're, you're, you're really good at law, unless you're really, um, Attracted to that, that side of the business. You probably don't have time. Um, you're probably not going to have time. And, um, it's probably good advice to start organizing your team to get your start getting your team together that you can trust in, you know, start developing a relationship with people like that. And one of them would be a good, um, legal expert when it comes to contracts and all the legal issues, legal issues when it comes to copyrights and all that stuff. So that would be my advice to them. Um, you know, get some legal advice, get somebody with uh legal expertise um, on your side. And that would probably, you know, it's going to save you a lot of headaches, mm-hmm. put it that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, thank you for all that amazing advice. I'm sure everybody appreciates it. Who's listening. Um, yeah. And, I mean, I think that's about everything. Uh, did you have anything else that you wanted to say?
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about contract law and copyright law today. But, I mean, here at uh, AZ Legal Services, we do everything from landlord and tenant board uh, it matters. Uh, employment law matters. Uh, small claims court. Um, traffic tickets, POA all those matters. And we are a public notary as well. So anything that you need uh, notarized, we can do as well. And you can find us at azlegalservices.ca, or you can call us at 289-339-5637.
0: Cool, there we go. And um, everybody, you can find Kirk on Instagram under The Hoopla Show and his website under com. And uh, Kirk, do you want to plug your uh, your legal website once more?
1: Yeah, it's, so it's azlegalservices.ca. And if you want to reach me personally, you can email me at kirk at uh, AzLegalServices.ca.
2: Cool,
0: cool. And uh, is there anything we can look forward to seeing from you?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, oh, okay, yeah. So this weekend, um, there's a basketball tournament, three on three basketball tournament at Woodlands Park at Barton, and oh, geez, do you remember what it's it's Barton and Barton? Oh,
0: oh Woodlands Park. Oh. I don't remember, but if you, yeah, it's it's on Barton. It's Barton and something. It's like oh here, god, me... is it
1: Gage? No, it's not Gage. No, it's Bart.
0: Um, let me let me do a quick Google search here. Um,
1: Maybe it Went Wentworth.
0: Let's see. Um, Sanford.
1: There is Barton Sanford. Sanford.
0: Okay. Oh, there is Wentworth. Wentworth on the other side.
1: Yeah. is it okay so it's it's right there so the organizers have done an amazing job they've got juno uh winner jordan uh j-r-d-n I, I don't think is it jordan or is it j-r-d-n <laughs> but anyway one of Good them uh, he's <laughs> performing the halftime show there's gonna be a ton, tons of vendors food trucks contests you name it we'll have a booth there cool. az uh yeah, Az Legal Services. I, I can't say A Z. A Z is one of my favorite rappers of all time, <laughs> but that's that's the the state's way of saying Z Z. Right. So I gotta. I mean, I I have to get in the habit of it, saying A Z. Right. So we're gonna be there. Uh, we're gonna have a booth there. So if anybody wants to talk about any kind of legal issues, we're we're gonna be right there to um have a chat. So. Well, yeah
0: yeah stop on by everybody, and that would be um the third is that is that the whole weekend?
1: yeah, no, it's uh September third, so Saturday okay. this Saturday, September third, I believe it starts at nine a m okay, yeah, it starts at nine a m and goes until probably later on in the evening so okay. okay, yeah,
0: cool, all right. well everybody go check that out for sure. Um, and Kirk thank you so much for joining me tonight this is fun
1: Sarah it's been a pleasure thank you for having me it's been awesome
0: anytime Uh, well yeah everybody go check out Kirk's socials Um, you know send him a question if need be and um, thank you so much for listening and everybody you have a great night and uh, you too Kirk
1: okay you too Sarah thank you again see you see ya